I trust you're enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the love life you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 8020 Wonder Club, you need to be. The 8020 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of season one in a categorized list by age and relationship status, my foundational principles in video, and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, relationship evals, and much more. The best part is that you'll have access to all episodes of season two the moment they're ready. Otherwise, you'll only be getting season two on your listening platform once every eight weeks or so. Don't miss out. Join the 8020 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. That's the 8020wonder.club. Be consistently and successfully mindful of the best ways to make your man wonder by becoming a member of the 8020 Wonder Club. It's just 80 cents for the first month. That's the 8020wonder.club. And I'll see you in the clubhouse. Your words must always align with your action for there to be any real chance. It's not when we have sex that matters most. It's that we change after the sex. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Broom, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Well, we are winding down 2020, and it can be an exciting time to be thinking about the new year, even with all of the issues we are having as a nation, the world, uh, all of it. Uh, But we want to keep hope alive, especially when it comes to relationships, dating. It can be very difficult. And if you are alone at this time, even more difficult. And it really speaks to the idea of having a partner being at the forefront of your mind. Because as we move forward, through the 20s and into the 30s, and I mean it's going to be 2021. We have nine years in this decade. We want to make the most of it with a loving, wonderful man because life does seem to get harder while maybe more fulfilling, but harder, and it is hard to go it alone. So my guest today is 35-year-old Sana who is dating 41-year-old Malcolm. Sana is having trouble with Malcolm's hot and cold behavior and how he seems content not to interact and not to be in touch very much. Despite promising to be better about contacting Sana, Malcolm continues to go off the radar and the two haven't seen each other in over two weeks. While understanding that Malcolm has a lot of family responsibilities and job issues at the moment, She is frustrated with Malcolm's seeming lack of initiative and interest in maintaining their relationship. Sana has tried going silent, but she just continues to get Malcolm's apologies with no change, and she wants to know what she can do next. Welcome, Sana. Hi, how are you, Paula? I'm I'm good, and I'm I'm happy to have you here today. So thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Tell us more about, because I know this came to me, um, I'm going to say your uh, your letter here, uh, probably two weeks ago. What has happened since? Yeah, since then, uh, I know Thanksgiving uh, pretty much was around that time, and my 
partner, shall we say, uh, Malcolm, he had to go and visit his family member who is still recently in the hospital um, and has been moved to rehabilitation. So he wanted to go and be uh, at her side. And as he was driving up to visit the family member, uh, he actually had to turn around because she wasn't released from the rehabilitation. Uh, so on his way back, uh, he called me and let me know that he had to turn around. So I invited him to my family's Thanksgiving, but he said he'd rather just work and do Thanksgiving on his own because that was he and his family member who raised him. It was their time their holiday that they usually spend together. So with that being said, on Thanksgiving, I knew that he was kind of depressed. So I decided to reach out to him, and he didn't answer. Um, I texted him, Happy Thanksgiving, and he said, Happy Thanksgiving, Beth. Uh, but then afterwards, I didn't hear anything else from him uh, pretty much until um, after I posted a picture on social media. Uh, he immediately called me that day um, and talked to me, uh, and that was last week. And since then, I haven't heard from him, and I haven't reached out. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm hearing a good thing here <laughs> in that mm -hmm. you say, I haven't reached out. That's a great thing. And that must be really hard for you not to. It is because he lives not far from me. So I'm used to seeing and talking at least to him if I don't see him probably every day or every other day. So when he came back from this trip, um, even just not hearing back from him, having to reach out to him, um, is something that, uh, you know, I'm not used to, and I don't know why he's become so distant uh, and why now he's just looking at my social media instead of talking to me directly. Mm-hmm. So is that a question to me? Kind of, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's interesting that he'd rather look at my stories uh, than talk to me, and I'm kind of like showing him that, you know, my life is going on, and I'm going to continue to flourish and show my face. I'm not going to hide. Um, I have to live life regardless. Okay. Yes, so let's unpack this a little bit and get a little more of the history. You use the word partner. So tell us mm. about the trajectory of your relationship. How did it start and how long has it been and what was it like when it was really going strong? It started uh, by us meeting online. Um, he DM'd me. And from there, we began to go on dates. But in the beginning, uh, even with the first date, I kind of pushed it back, pushed it back because I'm in graduate school and I'm a mom, so I have priorities. And dating is kind of like the third thing that's on my list. So I then, like I said, pushed back as far as the dates were concerned. And even when we had our first date, I ended it after about four hours because I let him know I had to go and, you know, take care of things at home. I had other things to do. Um, so generally speaking, um, in the beginning, I was kind of even late to our date um, because of those things, doing assignments, um, doing things at home. So, um, but he would always be patient and wait. Um, so I admired the fact that he understood that I had priorities. And if I was making time, it was because I wanted to spend time with him and I could make the time like he was doing for me. Um, so as it progressed, um, we even 
talked about starting our own business together, um, going on road trips. We even did go on a road trip um, about an hour away. Um, we even went on a double date with one of my friends and her boyfriend. Uh, we, I bought a bike to ride with my sons, and he put it together. Um, he even fixed my son's bike. Um, so, and this is all really in three months. So it hasn't been that long. So, um, but mainly since probably the second week of our dating, uh, his family member was admitted to the hospital. And like I was saying earlier, she really hasn't recovered. So um, that has kind of made him put his attention on that situation even more so instead of me. And then with him taking the time away from work, that's put a strain on his job uh, in his career. So um, a lot of the things that we were talking about, it just seemed like he was kind of saying it's not time now for that, like it was before. So that's mainly what I feel now. Yes, you are experiencing that. You're experiencing what he is telling you. Yes. Meaning that he's saying, I can't be there in the way that I was there. Uh, I have to deal with the family member. She's my priority, which is a lovely thing. So he's likely a good guy, and you're feeling that. Is that a correct statement? Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And then because of this devotion to her and taking that responsibility, and she sounds quite ill, is that the case? It was until this third time that he was going to be at her side, uh, which was around Thanksgiving. She had recovered and is now in rehabilitation. So even though she's improved, there are still needs that she has while she's in rehabilitation. So he's even been covering her expenses along with his own. So, you know, we don't go out as much or even not at all because, like I said, I don't see him now. So, um, you know, even if I offered to pay, shall we say, um, he says thank you, but no. You know, I said that I don't have the money to do it right now. Um, So I try to respect that um, and kind of give him the space that he needs. Um, But it's still confusing because, Like I said, I've been very busy. I have a lot of priorities, but I still would make the time. But he said that he's not a multitasker, and he's really said that since the beginning. Um, He's like he has to do one thing at a time. He can't really do a whole lot of things and do them the way that he wants to all at one time. So I try to respect that and give him time. Right. So I'm going to take it back here a little bit because I don't think from hearing what I'm hearing that this is simply due to his issue of having to take care of the family member. Although I do believe all of it in that, yes, he's male, so he will have a much, much harder time multitasking as he puts it. And what that means is that pretty much one of my uh, gender gaps, which is women live via their emotions, men live via their decisions. And we could even in this case change the word decisions to responsibilities. And We as women can juggle a lot more than men because of our brains. Our brains are set up in a way, and this is because of the larger um, 
area of the brain that sits on top of our brain that's fattier in women and it allows the two sides of the brain to speak to each other in a way that men's don't really. In other words, their brains go more front to back in each lobe and ours go all around and connect so much so that there was a study done with uh, stroke survivors and it is much easier to teach a female brain that has been damaged on one side to do the tasks uh, and learn the tasks using the other side of their brain than it is for males because their brains actually don't function in that same way. And you're experiencing, Sana, his uh, inability to handle all the things, like, for example, that you are handling, children, um, school, dating, all of it. And because you are female also, your emotions will be so that you will make the time and make concessions and so forth in order to maintain that relationship. Whereas he will not. And it's very maddening to women. And I'm sorry you're experiencing this because it makes it very, very uh, difficult. And like you said, confusing. Because I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your premise on this is if he liked me enough, he would make time. Is that correct? In a way. Uh, even if it was communication, just to let me know, like, all the time that he doesn't have time. But I guess because he said it once, he said it twice, it's like, that's enough. Like, And, yes, the other, the other uh, gender gap comes into play, which is women relate via verbalization. Men relate via action. In other words, he's showing you, you're exactly right. He said it once, he said it twice, and then he just continues to show you by what he's doing. And here's the rub on that, that you're making concessions for him because of his issues, responsibilities, inabilities, etc., your making concessions for him will, it's almost oxymoronic. If you make those concessions, you actually lessen his interest. And I'm going to talk more about that. But again, I want to go back a little bit because one of the things that I think will be helpful to you to understand and also to so many listeners is what we as women all do because we are the loving, giving, connecting, cooperating, caretaking creatures of the world. When you talked about your dating history so far, and you pay deference to this a little bit, you said it's a it's something like you realize it's gone a little quickly and a, a lot has happened in three months' time. Is that a fair statement? Most definitely. Cool. And that's good that you recognize that because largely it's part of the issue here for him. Because when we put a man in what I call the family way, prior to him making a decision that he's going to be there and not just what we think might be the decision but his declaration of his decision we can run things into the ground so to speak 
And here's what I mean by that. Right from the very beginning, it went a little sideways. You said one of your first dates or your first date was four hours. Right there, it, it was probably wonderful and great, but when we don't dole out our time in dribs and drabs from the beginning and manage a relationship via my mechanics of men, it starts to go really fast. And instead of just driving it at a 25 mile an hour tops, which feels like you're crawling if you've ever driven and right. you have to slow down to 25 miles an hour zone, it feels like you're barely, it feels like you could walk faster than that. <laughs> and um, that's what needs to happen no matter how fast the man wants to go because he wants to take it from zero to 60 in nine seconds, which is what, or even less, six seconds, which race cars do, that kind of thing. And we have to keep it at 25 miles an hour, steadily 25 miles, so that he can actually start to slow down and that allows him, believe it or not, to fall in love. That very act of us doing that allows the man to have as much feeling as he can possibly have. Because our only chance is to override the other things in life that are going to come up for any any man who is over the age of 22 and has responsibilities. For example, Malcolm, he's 41 years old, he has a job, he has this family member to whom he's responsible to and now has taken even responsibility for with helping out financially. Does he have also children of his own? No, he's divorced. But like he's divorced. Okay, mm -hmm. but he, you know, has life things that any 41-year-old is going to have, like we all do. And the only way we can ever override those things is from the man being seriously in love. And even then, it doesn't, we're taking a shot. But, hey, that's fine to be able to take. And what I'm hearing is that there was a double date with your friends. Here's the things when I'm talking about putting a man in the family way, a la a relationship, before he's made the decision and before he's fallen to the degree whereby that feeling will override some other things. So, for example... In that amount of time, three months, we want to feel, as the woman, like we're barely getting there because we have to vet the man to trust him to come into our lives. It's the mere vetting of him where we keep showing him, nope, I haven't, I'm not trusting you yet for that. Nope, I'm not ready for you to meet any of my friends, any of my family, I'm not giving you a lot of my time, attention, and affection. You have to prove over time that you want something exclusive and committed to me. Now, that's like, oh, my gosh. It sounds like what a chore. Where's the enjoyment for me as the woman? Do you feel that? True. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It's an unfortunate reality because while we are completely equal, men and women are completely equal, we are also completely different. And because we want the best possible relationships we can have, 
and we need a man to be all in in order to make any relationship work, it falls on us to do it. And that's my mechanics of men. For example, all of our mm, autos and planes and trains and all manner of that stuff in the world is largely driven by men. Yes, there are absolutely women engineers and women mechanics and what have you. However, we can generally state that men are much more into, interested in, and deal with in their lives things like mechanics of cars and trains and planes and all of it. They have much more interest in it. They want to understand it. They like dealing with it. And it's really up to them to keep those things in running order in the world. If it's left to us, we're likely not going to do it as women. And of course, again, gross generalizations. But it's because we're not interested. We don't want to. We, we just want something to work well. And this is what happens when we don't take on the mechanics. And what I mean by that is to we've got to slow things way down in the beginning so that his interest is peaked so much. That's one thing. Second thing, we show him that we are vetting him for the real possibility of a real relationship. And there are two things really that come out of that vetting that are so huge. The first is, and this is obvious, that we get to know him over time and see what he is willing to do. Because if a man is not interested for more than sex, he will not stick around. If he is, he wants you to vet him because what you do with him, a man believes you do with all men. And that vetting process helps him to make you a woman of value to want for more than just fun. The third most important part of it is the actual slowing it down and the vetting process allows the man to fall in love because the zero to 60 or zero to 90 in most cases and I would go out on a limb and say 80 to 90% of cases, it can't go the distance because it burns out way too fast because he didn't have a chance to fall in love in the deepest way possible so that he must have you. So things like it was lovely and wonderful in the moment, the double date with your friends, fixing your son's bike, those types of things. They're wonderful in the moment. And I'm sure it went really well and for those three months was very, very nice. However, it put him in the feeling of being in the family way before he had made a decision. And unfortunately, it's not what you meant to do it's what happens. This doesn't mean that he doesn't care for you a lot. Who knows? Maybe he even loves you. But love alone doesn't make a man do anything that he's not ready to do. And if he has felt the uncomfortable feelings of being in the family way before that decision, it goes awry. So I'm not surprised that he continues to look at you on social media, but he's showing you, I'm not willing to do anything. What are your feelings about what I've said? I agree. 
with a lot of that. Uh, I also would bring up the point about when he did break communication with me, that I let him know that that was a standard of mine uh, and that, you know, that's something that, you know, in order to keep moving forward, it's something that I need is to be able to talk to him uh, every day. And he would apologize and he would say that I deserve that. Um, And then he would fix it. But the last time that I brought it up, um, he said that this has only happened three times. Uh, So the last time that I brought it up, he said that I maybe needed to be more supportive of what he had going on um, instead of looking to be my needs just taken care of. even though I feel like I've been very supportive. And even the last time when he called me last Sunday and we talked and I said, you know, it was nice to hear from you, even though, you know, I haven't heard from you. And he said, oh, you're still on that. So it's like he's kept a record of if I even bring it up now. Of course. Because here's where you say, you say three times it has happened where you've talked to him about it and what you need. That's three times too many. Right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is here's what happened. Now, tell us when in the three-month period, we're going to go to this as well, did you start having a sexual relationship? Week three, the end of week three. Okay. So for you, that started intensifying your experience and relationship feelings, correct? Yeah. Right. That's female. Mm-hmm. It didn't change anything for him because that's male. Right. And then he started getting into this family way, as we talked about. It was too much. Too soon. I could tell. I could tell because he also lost his parents at a very young age. So he doesn't really have a big sense of family like I do and where my values are. So I could tell he was trying to be what I was looking for, if that makes sense, I guess. It does, because he really likes you. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing, is that everything in a relationship must be proffered, meaning suggested by the man first. You see, it's not a lack of desire, it's a lack of a decision. And the decision has to come from the over time, the feeling that while you do understand what's going on for him, that you're not going to pay deference to that in a way whereby you continue on without getting your needs met or you continue on, and, and here's the problem with this, because there's no good answer here. Because when a man, you continue with a man in a way that shows him you're, you're in this case, because he hasn't made the decision, that you're going to continue on not getting the relationship you want, it doesn't help you. And here's what I mean by that. Because this went from zero to 90 in a fast amount of time, and some may say, wow, three months is actually a long time. And she waited three weeks to have sex and all of it. You see, that's in our society now as kind of a long time. 
and here's the thing that we aren't as men and women humans any different biologically and in some ways for lack of a better word emotionally or psychologically any different than we were a thousand years ago and what I mean by that is that we as women will bond through time and sex that means if we like a guy enough to spend any amount of time with him and have sex with him we are committed we do just start to love and commit it's a natural progression it just happens it's the way it is and biologically we're built that way because nature has made it so because it works the best in other words when we think about human beings being in the wild it's extremely utilitarian for the woman to bond a pair bond with one male from whom she's gotten pregnant because she needs that male in the wild to survive and for her unborn baby to survive and I talk about this book there's a great book um, and he's a great writer Desmond Morris uh, the human animal and it explains why we have something in our society called the seven-year itch meaning that when someone has been together a couple has been together for seven years they start to get very restless and it is a big time in a relationship whereby many uh, can break up why is that why is there such a thing called the seven-year itch in American lexicon and he has the explanation for it because we are still a culmination in our DNA of all that have gone before us heretofore and when we were in the wild according to him it makes a lot of sense that a pair bond would stay together for seven years until that male would go find another and impregnate another and why is this why seven years it's very simple that pair bond needed to stay together for the seven years because at age seven if a child survived that long he or she could actually now fend for itself be able to find food get food and survive and that's when the male and the pair bond would go to another and it's how we became um, our society having enough a different genetics etc but it's fascinating now a man you know in in terms of then it was very very simple it was just innately in terms of our reptilian brains that's what we did before we had language like animals that's what we did the male just did it and the female just did it just like animals how do they just do what they do how does the lion pride the the biggest in the lion pride he becomes like the the king and he impregnates certain females and how did they have their societies that they do without language they just do and we were that before our next brain uh, our second brain came into place and we started to develop language and I think um, if I'm I may be incorrect but I believe that was 10,000 years ago develop language so it's very very yeah. fascinating but we still do all that stuff just in a modern way and he was not ready to take on as a male 
what he knows you deserve. He honors you for that. He actually could love you for that. You're showing him all that he may actually want eventually. But right now, he can't take it on. And we want to revere him for what he's doing, Allah, his, the person who cared for him. That's a great guy, right? He's not leaving her in the lurch. He's taking care of her. Wonderful. But he is a male, and he's identified it even, that he has a very hard time doing more than that one thing. But there's two things at play. He unfortunately got into more of, oh my gosh, look at all that I might be taking on if I were to commit to Senna. It was impossible for him to do that in two ways. One, there was, there was not enough of a slow growth for him to feel that he could make that decision, but mostly for him to have the absolute and utter need of attaining you through time, because that's how a man falls in love, via wondering and longing. So it could be set right for you, but you're going to have to take many steps back and go back many miles for the chance of this to happen. And I can tell you about that in a moment. Looking to lure back an ex-love? Let Coach Paula help you get back together with a man you realize might be the one for you. Make the next time around a charm with complete commitment. Connect with Coach Paula Grooms on Instagram, Facebook, or at CoachPaulaGrooms.com. So we're back with Sana, and I was just stating about the fact that you may be able to have this back in time, but you're going to have to go back in our metaphor here many, many, many miles and go much, 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 much slower at that 25-mile-an-hour pace. So what questions might you have about that? Yeah, slowing down. Uh, I believe that. I've, I've even had a breath of fresh air with the <laughs> relief of slowing down the process. Um, but with him reaching out to me, and it's been a week, uh, is it okay if I text him? Mm, good question. This, you would need to be really working what I call the Lure Him In program. It's one of my programs. And it is a step-by-step way to get it back that is really mm, almost antithetical to what we would normally do because we're working with the male brain, which is completely different than ours in terms of how Mm -hmm. things are perceived and felt and so on and so forth. So that question is a really good one. But there is something that really must be done and said once, and then you must always act on that because your words must always align with your action for there to be any real chance. It's hard, not going to lie, it takes commitment as a female, but I would give this a great chance if you do it. If you don't, it will just go sour because we don't want it to continue to linger on in this way for two reasons. The first is, if you do and you continue to give him any of your time, attention, and affection, he will have less feeling for you. 
And that seems oxymoronic, right? Because it seems like, well, he's asking me to do that and to, no, that's just, um, it's A, a waste of your time. But most importantly, it just gives him what he needs in the moment without fostering any of his feeling and going through the steps of achieving, which allows him to stay in love, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a one time. Uh, I don't like talking with this because it's too easy to go off the rails with the talking about it. It's actually giving too much to him and it actually puts him in the uncomfortable position of having to respond. So we don't want to put him in that position and we want this to be really lovely and firm, but it's going to be very direct and very clear. And basically it is a very short three short paragraph letter, which I like it to be either not texted, that's too casual. I like it to be sent or emailed. And it is basically um, about always coming from the I statement. This is what I have decided. This is what I'm going to do, et cetera. That's the, that's the overriding idea. So it's basically, uh, Malcolm, you have been really wonderful in, in, I admire this and that about you. I'm pay deference to all that you're doing for your family member. I have come to a point whereby I need to let this go because I want to be working towards a relationship whereby I receive X, Y, and Z. You're not saying you didn't from him. You're not putting him in that negative mindset, but you say, I wish you all the best and all the best for your family member and with your job. So you've paid difference to him in that he's a great guy. Then you're saying what it is that you're going to do. And in a very lovely, nice way, it's not about imputing him, making anybody the bad guy. And you're not really talking about the relationship. And then you say all the best. You also put in there at the very end that I hope you understand that I, well, I wish the best for you. I don't believe any contact will be useful to me at this time. And again, I wish you the best. That's it. And now the clock starts ticking on his wondering and longing. And this is how the program starts. Because this definitive way of relating to a man and then following through. Ironically, the letting him off the hook is huge. And then it takes time. There's so much to this that I can't really give you in this one podcast. But this way of luring him back, it works like no other when there are feelings. And I'm hearing that he has feelings for you. What I can tell you is that if it's not done, it, it will all be eroded and it's already starting to erode for him because he's not taking his part in this relationship because he never took it on and made a decision that he was all in to begin with. You see? Right. And until that happens, which this is the precursor to having it happen, he will not. 
and this isn't a quick fix. All he ever said about being in was that we were beyond friends and that was a relationship, but it was like a precursor to a full committed relationship, but pretty much that we were dating exclusively each other and we weren't going to see anybody else. And that's not enough. Nope. Nope. Not. Nope. Won't work. He's nope. telling you, I'm not all in. I haven't committed. Mm-hmm. I'm not all mm-hmm. in. And the exactly. only way to have that happen is by him having to achieve it. That's what men most value, what they work hard to achieve. And part of the lore is the allure of him having to achieve it again. And you have to go through many stages. It's almost like the stages of grief. You know how there are stages of grief? Because the first stage, and I tell any woman when she's done this, and in my lore program when women do it, They have to wait out this time, and it's very, very difficult. But the first thing a man feels when he gets that is relief. Now, that sounds like, oh, such a punch in the stomach. He's relieved that I did this. That's initially what happens. I can't tell anything but the truth to women. That's initially what happens, but it's what happens afterwards when you continue to do it, meaning absolutely no contact. And then the next step is he's going to challenge that. He's going to do some lame type of text, reaching out something to get your attention, to push you off of your stance because he's going to feel start after feeling relief to feel anxious. My pretty puppy is gone. I don't have those feelings. I want, I need. And then the work begins. And it's different in every case. For some women, a man comes back in three days. I had a, a client that he came back in three days with a with a ring. Others, it takes much longer. It depends on the relationship. Depends where the man is. I know he is not ready now, but I'm hearing very good things about his feelings for you. But it's how you take him back, if and when you do, that is going to be huge in terms of the longevity and his feeling that he is getting his prized puppy, so to speak. It's very contextual because the man, the love has to be there, but love alone does not trump any of the other things. He does want, I'm hearing that he really does want a partner, but it was way too fast that he was overwhelmed being put in the family way. And you would have to take three steps back with that. But it is absolutely possible. But as I tell, if I were working with you now, we would be having conversations like this weekly and what he is doing and then what you do in response to what he is doing. A lot of it is in the beginning, a lot of not doing and handling our own anxiety but he will be coming back. It's just a matter of time dependent because of his wonder. When the wonder starts because he cannot know what you're doing and we would deal with that in terms of things like social media. Each person is different in terms of what we do with that. We have to decide, do we keep him from seeing your social media or do we utilize the social media in a way? It's very powerful. It's a lot of things here, but 
barring that and and being able to give you all of that in you know i i it's it's working in a way that allows the you as a woman to see and feel the power of it what occurs and then dependent upon what he does because there's always this other party involved and we have to see but i'm hearing a, a good guy and that you do have a great shot at it it just takes our commitment and our work on what because the man is not going to change without us really doing a lot of change yeah in our approach yeah so what are your thoughts in hearing that and, and any other questions that i can answer here today I totally agree with what she said about Phil uh, moving so fast, putting him in the family lane. Uh, he even said that uh, when we did initially have sex, he could have waited longer. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Even though he was very uh, persistent oh, yes. uh, about it. <laughs> but <laughs> he did say. Um, and that's also what um, I enjoy about his company and getting to know him because he does open up a lot about his, like, you know, how he grew up and even how I do things that maybe you know, he sees a different way, giving me his perspective or letting me know what's going on with him. So, you know, that's another reason why I thought, oh, you know, you should meet my family because they are a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and being supportive with me and, you know, letting me know their perspective and talking to me about what's going on with them. But at the same time, my family noticed that I was spending a lot of time with him And even though I would take care of, like I said, my home with my children, making sure they're always my priority. And I think that's another thing that he also likes about me because Mm -hmm. I don't put him over my children. Um, But my family is very close-knit. So when I'm dating someone seriously, uh, they're like, they want to know about them. They want to, you know, get all the details. And let me know that I don't need to move fast with the person, that I should not be available, so they say. Um, And they will try to make sure that on the weekend they won't uh, keep my kids so that I can go and have a date or whatever the case may be. Um, So I know that letting him know that information he kind of felt like backlash, I guess, from my family. Like they didn't want him in it either. It's like I was trying to bring them both together, but everyone else is trying to go against <laughs> what I'm trying to do, if that makes sense. It does. Um, it does. And I, I like, um, I'm hearing two really important things here that you brought up. I, your family sounds very smart. <laughs> they're doing right by you they're yeah and very smart in terms of this male female stuff it's that's that's great uh second thing um the fact that he told you that he would have waited you see we as women have been in our society now given a whole bunch of just horse crap about men and what we need to give to them in order to have them love us. No, he was putting you in the first category of Freud's um, Madonna whore, meaning you were, for him, someone to be respected, uh, loved and cared about, waited for. You are wife and mother material. And he was showing you. He liked you for that, respected you for that, and he would have gone the distance. Now doesn't mean that by having sex in three weeks you went awry it doesn't what typically happens for all of us as females is that it's not when we have sex that matters most it's that we change after the sex and we expect different things we act differently we are different 
because the sex changes us. And that's yes. typically what happens. And then we're expecting. I heard something that um, I know didn't serve you well, and that was you expected to talk to him every day. Way too family way stuff for a man who hasn't committed. I'm hearing that a lot from women these days. Expect to talk to him every day. He has to text me every day. Wait a minute. You know, that's putting a man in an uncomfortable position that he does not unless he is doing it naturally and we have ways to make him wonder and want to do that naturally. So I'm hearing a lot of good about this guy, about you, about your relationship and the chance for this to occur. What I hear that was that hurt you was in the verbalization, meaning that he knew what your family was thinking and doing because you talked about it. You brought him into that. And that, again, puts him in the family way that doesn't help. He has to want to be part of it and earn it. And it can't be told. It has to be a wonder on his part. And it is for any single mom, you have to show a man that you do not bring your children in to anything before complete commitment. And that means not only have you had through time vetted him and he's earned it, he's earned all of it through the showing you and then the words of I wish to be exclusive and in a committed relationship working towards something over time. It has to be, you're a great guy. I really care about you. I enjoy getting to know you. However, I do make sure that my children are separate from my dating life until such time as I know that man is going to be in their lives as well as mine for the long run and that can be really hard for a single mom really hard to say because you're thinking the guy's gonna go oh oh my god it actually lets him off the hook because you're actually saying you're not going to be involved with being in the family way and my children until such time as you decide and you show me that that's what you want, then and only then will I even consider it. And that that's okay. I'm going to go and be with my children separate from, and it allows you to get to, the man, to get to know the man just on his own as well. Because what's really hard for a single mom is to see this guy that she's liking in the beginning, great guy, and then he treats her children well. Oh, my gosh. Now you're really all in. He's in the family way. You're all in. It's too much. And before he's committed, it's also what I believe to be not a great thing for your kids. Right. Because if they get to like him and then it goes awry, it's not only a little bit of what, well, what did mom do to make it go awry? And again, another loss in their little young lives, which they don't sustain very well. And they normally, if under the age of, we can go by some children, it depends, but the the nine-ish, ten-ish level, under that, what did I do? I'm at fault. He might... They think back to something ridiculous that they might have done. Maybe that's why he's not with mommy. That's why he's no longer here. I did something. So that's another reason why we want to be very 
very circumspect and uh, keeping any man at bay until such time as he's decided you're the one. He's showing that and verbalizing it and coming forward in a way that's making it absolutely profound and uh, public. And then we can say, okay, very, very hard, but it is doable. And when we do things in this way to have a man achieve our time, attention, and affection, then it actually works to increase his interest and falling in love. You can absolutely yeah. do this, Sana. And uh, it, it, can, it can be possible if you're committed to it, if this is your guy, to the, to the, to the degree that you see the possibilities, and in the meantime, you don't stop your life, but you continue on with the knowledge that you are doing it in a way that has the best chance of success over the long run. So I thank you for doing this today. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. It's a very tough thing to be in a position of loving someone and wanting things that you can really see so clearly as being able to work out of just the bad would tweak just a little bit to one side. But, you know, if that were the case, most relationships would work very, very easily and without glitches. But we have to work in a way that actually appeals most to male needs, wants, desires, hearts, and minds. And that's usually in a very, very different way than we, we would react. I often say to women uh, in my programs when I'm doing the coaching, often say, you know, if I were working with a guy and he were in your position wanting a woman back, I'd be telling him something completely opposite of what we're doing here this is what works for males there is no one size fits all coaching if someone is a coach for men and women and telling you the same thing it, it, it's just it's not possible if only if that were the case there would be no need for anyone to be coaching in relationships because naturally women do one thing and naturally men do another and it's the not being able to come together and not being able to see the forest for the trees uh, but most women will say, you know, when I pull back, he seems to come forward. Well, yes, naturally male, wonder. And again, for any man in your life, you must use that power and make him wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.